Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody and happy Friday. We are in the office and you've got Bobby Jean, Cruz, and me. It's already squeaky in here. Cruz is squeaky, squawking, making lots of noise. So you'll probably hear her at some point here as we break down Acts 18. You know, one of the things that stands out to me from Acts 18 is just actually the cities that Paul goes to. And this is really nothing new, um, you know, apart from the rest of Acts. Mm -hmm. But right here he goes, after this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. When we're dropping these names in the Bible of these cities, they're significant cities. Whether you're talking about Corinth or you're talking about Philippi or you're talking about Ephesus, it's the equivalent of Los Angeles. It's the equivalent of Chicago, New York, right. D.C., Philadelphia. Like you you name it, they're there. And, and they're going right into the heart of, of Roman culture, of Greco-Roman culture, saying we're bringing the gospel here. We're going. Hmm. And how it's in these urban centers that then people come and go and bring the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ with them. And so I thought that was interesting. Just actually just thanking God that Emmanuel is where it is. I celebrate we're in Los Angeles. You know, our state is up to crazy things at times, but I wouldn't choose to be anywhere else right here. Mm-hmm. Um, Hollywood's just a couple miles away, and, you know, Hollywood sure needs Christ. And uh, I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we're here. I'm glad I'm with you here and that Jesus is with us here <laughs> because it's a good Bible. He knows sometimes it can be crazy. Good. Yep, Sunday school <laughs> answer right there. Jesus is with us. Well, yes. that's the truth about it. I mean, yeah. that's what stuck out to me, you guys. Uh, that, I mean, Sunday school answers, I hold on to Sunday school answers, you guys, because the simplicity of those are what gets me through some really difficult things. And I think that's what's going on with Paul, too, here initially. Um, so I'm trying to talk here about verse five and six, I think, and what sticks out to me. And Paul's been in the synagogue. He's been going back and forth, essentially, with the Jews there. Uh, And it sounds like this. But when the Jews opposed Paul and became abusive, he shook out his clothes in protest and said to them, your blood be on your own heads. (laughs) I'm clear of my responsibility. For now, I'll go with you. Uh, For now, sorry, now I will go uh, to the Gentiles. And so I think Paul's just like, okay, like, I am, I don't want to be beat up. I don't want, he's been through so much and he continues to go through stuff. It's just like, no, no. Uh, but then Paul continues. So he left the synagogue. He continues. Um, many people were baptized. Like obviously God's there. Like he's doing stuff. People are believing they're being baptized. And then he, uh, comes to Paul and he says, don't be afraid. So now I'm in verse nine. Keep on speaking. Don't be silent. I am with you. Hello. Sunday school answer. Mm-hmm. And no one is going to attack and harm you because I have many people in the city. So Paul stayed, this is verse 11, for a year and a half teaching with them. And so Clark's going to talk about the importance of verse 11 and kind of like the, um, just the intention almost about that. But I'm even just encouraged here, like one of the things that evil one will often make, um, make us believe is that we're alone in things or, you know, that people don't understand or, well, you've never been through, or you don't know, you don't know. Well, 
hello, like they, yeah, we might have these really specific relative life scenarios that are, you know, our own. Um, but we belong to each other in the body of Christ and we live that way for this reason so that we can understand and believe we're not alone. And that's the biggest gift I feel like in, um, when you worship incorporate when in, when you worship corporately, like on Sundays to look around and think, man, these people are here believing in Jesus. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that's your only commonality. I'm not alone. And then also just the simple basic truth. I'm with you. That's the beginning of verse 10. And so for Paul, that was enough for him to believe that. And like, okay, Lord, you know, good reminder, you know, kind of pat on the butt here. Like, okay, you're with me and, and you have people here. And so I'm going to stay. And he does. And, and really like Clark's going to break down like that, that has like just significant importance for yeah. the rest of the early church. Yeah. Cause if you put yourself in the apostle Paul's shoes, he's trying to figure out his travel plans. He's trying to figure out where am I going to stay? How am I going to make money? How am I going to fundraise? Where are we going to preach the gospel next? And after dealing with really frustrating people, I could totally understand where he's like, I'm done with this. I'm taking my ball. I'm going home. And you read verse 9, 10, 11. One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Like Bobby just read, don't be afraid. Keep on speaking. Don't be silent. I'm with you. No one's going to attack you or harm you because I have many people in this city. Theologically, this is one of the scriptures that often points towards God's election and ordaining people to himself. There's, that's a great mystery, and I'm not in a place where we got to debate this right now. Mm-hmm. But when you put yourself in Paul's shoes where Paul's like, okay, I'm heading out of here, and God's like, no, sorry, I have basically chosen people in the city that are going to respond to the gospel when you preach it. Right. <laughs> that going back to like God opening Lydia's heart like we talked about on uh, Wednesday, Wednesday. Yeah. is another like encouraging thing where there's a great mystery to it. It seems like we do still have responsibility in this relationship because that's what a real relationship is. It goes two ways. That God is the one who's captivating and changing the hearts. And so when you look at this specifically as Paul is in Corinth, when he goes back into that city and keeps preaching the gospel, there's a ton of key players that come to Christ and then later on are game changers as the gospel spreads and the church goes to different parts in the world. Hmm. So if you have a study Bible, I'm not sure if yours has uh, notes at the bottom, but when you read verses 10 and 11, the people that come to Christ in Corinth and in this area are Phoebe, who was brought up in Romans 16. Phoebe is actually the one who probably carried the very letter that traveled throughout Rome. Again, huge deal as this woman climbed the ranks and played an influential role in the church, Mm -hmm. Phoebe. Um, From there, Tertius, Erastus, Cortus, Chloe, Gaius, um, Stephanus and his whole household, Fortunatus, Icacaeus. There's so many people that come. So when you read 1 Corinthians later on, Uh, Paul's in Corinth right now. Mm -hmm, These are the people mm -hmm. that step up and lead the church there. Mm -hmm. When you go back to Romans, it's fascinating because uh, these are the people who are playing important roles in the church in Rome. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's very interesting for me to read about how this is structured and all that. Even going back to verse, uh, very beginning, verse two. It says, there he met a Jew named Aquila and a native of Pontus who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Mm -hmm. Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. When Claudius kicked out all the Jewish people and the Jewish Christians, the the church dispersed. But what happens when Paul writes the letter of Romans is those Christians are returning to Rome. And now there are other Christians in Rome who are having to figure out how do we 
get along because those Christians that had left and now come back, the church had grown, advanced, and was becoming the the group that God wanted it to become. Mm-hmm. And they weren't following some of the old traditions and customs that the old church once had. And right. so when you read Romans after Acts, um, that's what's happening is some of those Jews that had been kicked out are now returning and now they're figuring out how to acclimate and get along with each other. Um, so it's just Paul had a very fruitful ministry in Corinth. And when it comes to you and I today, I really believe that there are people that God has in our family, in our schools, in our businesses, in our workplaces, in our communities that God is ready to, like Lydia, open their heart to respond to the message of the gospel. It just, God's inviting you to scatter that seed and someone else to water it and the sun to to shine down on it, just like Paul and Apollos kind of used that language in the beginning of 1 Corinthians. We play a small role in something very big in God's saving work to redeem people to himself. Um, One of the last things I'll note, and I'll turn it back to you, Bobby, is I appreciate Paul being identified as a tent maker in verse 3. Paul went to see them, and because he was a tent maker, as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Paul was bivocational, meaning he was in the world working a normal job while he was also Mm -hmm. doing mission work. And I I believe that my generation is probably the last generation that will have a significant amount of pastors that are just full-time pastors. It seems the trend is swinging more towards bivocational ministry, and I think that's actually going to be a really good thing. As we have um, more access to the quote-unquote world, where we're working as, again, accountants or teachers or uh, burger flippers, you name it, you have access to the world. And... uh, I'm excited about that. So Paul being able to work in just another secular industry gives him the ability and opportunity to tell more people about Jesus that might not come to the synagogue on Sunday, but he's actually in the world meeting them. And so I think that's really cool. It's exciting. It is really cool. Honestly, I'm I uh, yeah I'm just encouraged reading through Acts and just reading about how the Holy Spirit is just working. And like you said, there's people in your life um, and that's because the Holy Spirit's still working today. And so uh, looking for opportunities just in my own my own circle, uh, whether that be work or home or school, um, yeah, to step into the opportunities that the Holy Spirit's presenting and the hearts that he's kind of working to soften mm-hmm. um, and just be obedient. So excited to read about the Paul and Ephesus next. And then do you have anything else to say, Clark? Nope. You all, people to church? Yeah, you're all invited to church on Sunday. Pastor Johnny's going to be wrapping up the, the three-part mini-series. It's more blessed to give than is to receive. He's going to be talking about um, Acts and the church in Acts and how we're supposed to handle our resources, how we're supposed to handle our stuff. So it's going to be a great word, and uh, we're excited to worship with you on Sunday. God bless you. See you then. Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.